Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And of course. I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> and we are on to the next one. What's up, guys? Episode number two of our NFC North opponent preview. Now with the uh, guys from up north and the Minnesota Vikings and our good friend Chris Gates from SB Nation's Daily Norseman, one of my OGs, will be here with us in just a few moments to help preview the 2021 Vikings. Talk about that up and down 2020 that they had. You know, they started big expectations for the Vikings going into the season. They started off one and five. They rattled off like four or five in a row, including a win over us on Monday night, which was our rock bottom during that. Uh, I mean, even though we'd lost two more games after that, as far as our level of play, we did not play a, a more terrible game in 2020 than that Monday night game uh, against Minnesota. We had like 105 yards of total offense going into the uh, into into the fourth quarter or going into like our final drive of the fourth quarter where after Nick Foles uh, got hurt, Tyler Bray was going to try to save the evening. And despite everything that we did or didn't do in that game, we only lost 19 to 13. We actually, if we had could have gotten a miracle finish, we still could have won the game uh, against the Vikings there uh, in the end. I mean, the defense, again, had a victory-worthy performance. It was actually probably the last one that they had all season, you know. Um, but aside from, of course, you know, the, the they had one more really good day against the uh, Texans after the after the bye week. But uh, 
after that is like that was probably the last game of the season where you could say, you know, the defense played well enough for us to win. And it was just once again, our offense that let us down because after the bye week, that really didn't happen uh, anymore. We gave up 40 points to uh, to Green Bay when we came back after the bye. Uh, you know, then, of course, another 30 points against or whatever it was against the uh, against the Lions the week after that. And then finally, when we get the win over the Texans, we only give up seven points. But Deshaun Watson was playing with like third and fourth string uh, offensive linemen, fourth and fifth string guys he's pulling off the street uh, at wide receiver. All due respect to our defense and the effort that they gave, only giving up seven points. But... You know, we weren't playing against Houston's best uh, in that game, and we took full advantage of it. But then the following week against Minnesota, another, you know, I think 33-30 to was the score in that game. Um, We don't talk about that game very much, actually, which was kind of funny uh, considering, um, you know, Chris and I, the way we kind of comprehensively go through things when we talk. But we didn't talk much about the rematch in in Minnesota, I don't think that was calculated on his part because his team didn't win that one. Actually, we touched upon it a little bit, but we didn't talk so much about like what the what the story of the game was, which was the you know the rushing battle between Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery that our boy David Montgomery won by racking up more yards than uh, than uh, than than Cook did. But um, you know, and then finally the following week after that, uh, you know, we, we we held the Jaguars to to a low amount, but uh, we're. We're playing the freaking Jaguars. So with following week against the, you know, Green Bay in the, in the season finale, uh, the defense got rolled and then had it happen again uh, against the Saints in the wild card game. So that Minnesota game on Monday Night Football really was like the last time that our defense was kind of flexing on the opponent. And it just, you know, like our offense just could not meet the meet the minimum standard of like 21 points to help us win that football game. So but you know, like I was mentioning, the, the Vikings had, you know, such a roller coaster year and were, were kind of eking their way back into the playoff dis, uh, discussion there, but, uh, you know, couldn't hang on, finished seven and nine, third place in the, uh, in the division. And, um, you know, um, got to think that the seat under Mike Zimmer is starting to get hot now because he hasn't been to the playoffs in, in, uh, in a little while. I mean, it's only, you know, one year removed. He went in 2019, but you know, it's just that uh, it's he's it's it's up one year, down the next, and so on and so forth. Uh, and I, th- I think a lot of people get a pass on COVID uh, and things like that, and the injuries because there was no OTAs, no training camp, and and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Zimmer's been out there in Minnesota for a while now, and uh, aside from uh, 2017 with the uh, miracle victory in the divisional round that had them in the NFC Championship game. There have been very, very little in the way of, you know, playoff success and things like that uh, for the Vikings. There are more times than not one and done uh, in the playoffs. But um, so we talked to Chris about that and uh, a whole lot more. Uh, We also rejoice once again over the fact that for the sixth time in seven years, uh, the NFL has scheduled the Bears and the Vikings in Minnesota on the final regular season weekend uh, of the year and, uh, how uh, we're just, I mean, I, we, we've, we talked about it with everybody. We talked about it with Jeremy uh, on Monday. We'll talk about it with Evan Western uh, next Monday when we, when we preview the Packers. But, you know, for us, uh, for us and the Vikings and for, for me and Chris Gates is just, it's boring. It's lazy. You know, it's, it, it'd be great if it works out that it's Bears Vikings for the division title at the end of the season. Fantastic. But, uh, you know, 
that's usually not the case when these two teams get together uh, on the weekend, but uh, on the final weekend, I should say. But uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, on that one. So anyway, let's go ahead and, and uh, get the show started. And, uh, you know, once again, we'll be moving on to the uh, finale uh, of the NFC North opponent previews next Monday when we have Evan Western, one of my other OGs with our uh, Acme Packing Company from SB Nation to preview the the Packers and you know, we, we talk about this guy named Rod Rod Rodgers. Rodgers, it's he, he's like the quarterback or something like that. I, I heard he's pretty good, and that he, he might be having some kind of issue with the team. I mean, I don't think it's been covered very much in the media, but we'll 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 see if Evan knows anything about it when we when we talk to him uh, on Monday. So, anyway, here we go, guys. Without further ado, it's the NFC North opponent preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the Next destination in our road to the end of our opponent preview series, the Minnesota Vikings, as we're uh, in our second episode of our NFC North uh, previews. And as usual, he's been a guest since 2015 when I first started having guests from SB Nation's Daily Norseman. It's Chris Gates. Chris, welcome back, man. Hey there, Larry. How is everything going? Uh, It is going, my friend. Uh, As we were talking just before we got started uh, recording, uh, you know, ever since draft night, um, looking forward to this season because that definitely wasn't the case before we drafted Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins. But, uh, you know, it might still not be the season we all want it to be, but at least we got Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins out of the deal. So things might not be too bad for the next head coach of the Chicago Bears in 2022. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see on that one. So, But, uh, you know, glad to have you back. And uh, speaking of Justin Fields, um Rumor was the Vikings were quite uh, heartbroken when uh, when the Bears announced their pick at eleven because uh, Justin Fields is the guys that you were probably looking at at fourteen. Yeah, I, I had heard those rumors going around, and you know they the video was released from uh, the Carolina Panthers about them receiving the uh, the call from the Minnesota Vikings to uh, attempt to trade up uh, a, a trade that everyone assumes was apparently for an attempt to get Justin Fields. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure if I I'm not sure if I buy that necessarily just because, you know, teams know that if you're trying to move up for a quarterback in most instances, the price kind of goes up oh, sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, with with what the Panthers said that the Vikings offered them, uh, I don't really think they were trying to move up for uh, Justin Fields. I think they were trying to move up for uh, Rashawn Slater, uh, who eventually okay. wound up going uh, in the pick just before theirs at uh number 13 right. to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I, I don't think they were trying to trade up for Justin Fields, primarily because, you know, I don't think that, uh, you know, with Kirk Cousins' deal the way it is right now, uh, they were looking for anyone that was going to uh, potentially come in and compete this year or anything like that. But, yeah, I I don't think they were trying to trade up to get Fields. I know that's been the popular rumor, but mm-hmm. I still think they were trying to trade up for uh, Rashawn Slater or uh, somebody else potentially. But, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of Vikings fans that probably wanted Justin Fields, and they were pretty disappointed by the news. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't think that's what the, the Vikings were trying to do there. Okay. Um, but they did draft Kellen Mond in the, in the third round, and that was kind of a – um, an eye opener uh, that the that they would take uh, Kellen, who was you know I, I've seen him mocked to the Bears a hundred times in the second round, 
uh, you know, possibly the Bears trading back into the first round to get him, you know, in the back half of the uh, of the first round, and for him to fall to you guys at what sixty, I believe it was sixty six. He um, yes. he falls 66. to you, yeah sixty six in in the uh, the third round, and he was uh, you guys didn't have a second round pick, so he was your he was your only day two pick. He comes in, he's going to be the is he going to be the primary backup or is he going to be number three his rookie season? I am really not sure to this point. I I think in a perfect scenario, in a perfect world, they don't want Mond anywhere near the field this season. They want to uh-huh. give him the time to actually develop. But, I mean, I don't know who the heck they have uh, that's potentially going to be the backup for Cousins. If I look at the uh, Vikings roster here, I'm not sure if they even brought uh, Sean Mannion back for uh, this season. Not that Sean Mannion should excite anybody anyway but i mean at let me let me do a quick scan here see if uh Mannion's actually even listed on the roster uh no he is not so yeah given that i i thought they had brought Mannion back on like a cheap one-year deal but apparently they haven't so mm. your competition for mond at the backup quarterback spot are uh two guys that were on the practice squad last year in uh jake browning and nate stanley Okay. Uh, I don't know if they think highly enough of either one of those guys to make them the primary backup. So unless they sign a veteran at some point between now and the start of training camp, Mond might wind up being the backup quarterback this year almost by default because, yeah, Browning and Stanley, I don't really think do anything for anybody at this point. But I don't think they want Kellen Mond to see the field this year. I think they want to give him time to uh, develop and you know learn how to – uh, handle the NFL and that sort of thing while he's holding the clipboard and wearing a baseball cap. So mm-hmm. we'll see if they do bring anybody in uh, between now and the start of camp, but they they haven't as of yet. Well, I, I have it on pretty good authority that uh, Nick Foles would be available for a late second or third day, you know, pick. If you want to throw us a sixth rounder or something like that, I'm sure Ryan Pace would uh, would part with uh with Nick Foles. So um, just, just oh, I, putting I'm that sure out he, there. I'm sure he would. I, I'm sure he would, undoubtedly. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he would uh, I'm sure he would depart with Nick Foles for considerably less than that. Probably. Nick you know, Foles is like a bad. conditional seventh-round pick right now, he'd probably the, probably say yes. The, so. the fact that that dude beat the Vikings and went on to win a Super Bowl is one of the great mysteries in the history of the National Football League. <laughs> to this day, I don't get it. it was yeah. Just, uh, screw, screw Nick Foles. Now, then, and forever, pretty much. Especially for yeah. all he's done since then. Yeah, you know? he's done nothing since then. Yeah. It's awful. Oh, yeah, I mean, God. he came back in 2018, and he, he you know, he, he he filled in for Wentz. He beat the Bears in, in the playoffs, and, uh, you know, but then their luck ran out the following week against New Orleans in the divisional round, thanks to Alshon Jeffrey. But, uh, you know, since then, he signed his big deal with uh, – with the Jaguars, gets hurt week one, and then can't keep himself on the field between him and Garner Minshew. Then the, he comes to Chicago in 2020 after one season uh, in in Jacksonville. And, you know, in, in all fairness to Nick Foles, he had the worst batch of offensive linemen in front of him the entire time. He was our quarterback. <laughs> we didn't get that figured out until after the bye week when, when, when we had already gotten Nick Foles hurt and Trubisky got his job back. And, you know, with the way the offensive line was playing, the way we were running the ball, Nick Foles wasn't coming back. So, you know, 
he didn't get the best opportunity in uh, when he was with us, but I mean he's still with us. But when he was playing, he didn't get the best opportunity. He, you know, the offensive line was was banged up, and we lost guys to COVID first for a stretch, and you know we lost James Daniels early in the season to a season-ending uh, pectoral injury and stuff like that. So the the musical chairs of linemen in front of him was no prize, that's for sure. So and he's not exactly the most fleet of foot quarterback out there. So. He was not set up for success at all during the six, seven weeks that he was uh, our starter. So, but uh, no that that mon- that Monday night game between the Vikings oh, and the Bears at Soldier Field that awful. that Bears offense was rough. It man. was awful. Jeez, I mean, that was all. That was terrible. It was so bad. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not one to go around feeling sorry for the Bears a lot of the time, but I mean, <laughs> just, good God, that was terrible. Yeah, it was so bad. I mean, it, it just. Um, but it was also a team that couldn't get out of its own way. You know, yeah. like Cordell Patterson started the second half, runs the kickback. We got all the momentum in the world. Everything's going our way. Defense puts together a great stop. Punt returner muffs the punt, gives the ball right back to you guys. And it's like the air just got sucked out of the stadium after that. You know, it's just like yep. all the momentum we had after Cordell's touchdown run, just gone, just gone. And, you know, the offense had like 105 yards of total offense going into like the final drive of the game. It was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. So, yeah. And to think that we still had like a miracle drive away from being able to win the game still blows my mind. With the way that we played and we yeah. still had a shot. If if all the right things happened for us on that final drive, we still could have won the game. Blows my mind. So, yeah, that one sucked for sure. <laughs> going into yeah. the bye, too. That's what we had to chew on for two weeks before we played green bay but um anyway not not at all but it was a roller coaster year for you guys we talked about it when we uh when we saw you guys at the end of the season going into that last home game for you was you know what like a one in five start you won like four three four like one five out of six or something like that and then um before a week 17 win over detroit which we weren't playing each other week 17. It felt so weird not to finish the season I know. in Minnesota. But, um, you know, you had the three-game loss, Tampa Bay, us, and then New Orleans before uh, finally getting a win over Detroit at the end of the uh, year. I mean, it was just a crazy roller coaster, one and five, and then you managed to finish seven and nine. So, which you know, you went six and four uh, the rest of the way down. You know, it's like you, you played like the team in the last 10 games that kind of people expected you to be in the first five, and it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, those first six games were pretty pretty terrible. I mean, they had a couple of one-point losses against, I believe it was Tennessee, and uh, the other one escapes me right now off the top of my head. Week two and week three, I think they lost both of those games by one point. They were both pretty close games, but... Uh, yeah, the, the first the first six games were ugly. Cousins was throwing the ball to the wrong team constantly. I think right. he had ten interceptions in those first six games, and then over the last ten games, like you said, he only had three picks the rest of the way. So, yeah, they they had all sorts of issues, and then I guess when it really didn't matter anymore, they got themselves back into things, and they they should have showed a lot better against Tampa Bay than they did. They wound up settling for field goals and. Dan Bailey couldn't hit water if he fell off the pier and that kind of thing. It was he he missed four kicks in that one game and you know that was just about as ugly as it could possibly was be. Was that before and, the Bears game? Yes it was cuz cuz that yeah, was the, the that was the the word on him during the entire 
bear game was like, oh, you know, Vikings fans should be biting their nails. Dan Bailey's coming out for a kick. He missed four kicks last yep. week against Tampa Bay, but of course he was perfect against Chicago. Oh, yeah, that was like, uh, what's his name, Guskowski from uh, Tennessee. He missed all these kicks or whatever the first couple weeks or whatever. But, of course, against the Vikings in week three, he went like six for six, and three of them were from longer than 50 yards, and one of them was the one that put the Titans ahead. And, yeah, it, it's it's just the way thing goes, things go for this team. And we, we at this point, you just kind of expect that kind of thing, I think. Yeah, looking at the schedule, it was week three, Tennessee, 31-30, to 30, and then week five at, Min- at Seattle, 27-26. to 26. Oh, yeah, Seattle game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like you said, with the uh, with the Bears game and stuff like that, having the one opportunity, you know, if, if Alexander Madison converts a fourth and one against Seattle with under two minutes to go, yeah. uh, the Vikings win that game. Right. Uh, you know, if they make one stop against Tennessee, they win that game. If they get one stop against Dallas, uh, they win that game. And all of a sudden you're looking at 10 and six rather than seven and nine. It's yeah. just uh, it just goes to show what the National Football League is. It's just, you know, one play here, one play there. And, you know, that makes all the difference pretty much. Yeah, even that last game against Chicago, when Trubisky threw that stupid, stupid interception in the end zone in the fourth <laughs> quarter, um, yep. you know, the, the Vikings three and out on the very next drive instead of taking advantage of that uh, momentum swing, that could, have, that could have done a lot of different things. Uh, to the outcome of that uh, football game because the Bears missed out on, at the very least, walking away with three uh, on that drive and Trubisky hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, and then instead of throwing it away, tries to rifle it in there somewhere and gets easily picked off uh, in the end zone uh, and everything, showing exactly why he's Josh Allen's backup instead of starting for somebody else in the NFL uh, right now. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's like it's it's those little things. It's the the game of inches, the any given Sunday uh, adage that, um, you know, can turn a seven and nine season into a seven and six or ten and six, eleven and five year and totally changes the perspective of how the season actually went. Yeah, I mean, I the Vikings went seven and nine last year, but I'm pretty sure nobody was happy with the seven and nine sure, largely sure. because of the way the season started and everybody just kind of figured the season was over after you know the first six weeks even though you know technically they were still in the chase for the playoffs over the last few weeks I think they even controlled their own destiny as late as the uh, the Tampa Bay game and then yeah then they lost those three games in a row and yeah season was done at that point so yeah it it the National Football League is just strange sometimes and that's why it's the the sport we all love so much because it's uh it's not always as predictable as you think it's going to be yeah yeah i know what you mean so going into the uh into the off season it, it was an interesting off season because pretty much nobody had any money to do anything in free agency uh, as far as like there was this year we didn't have a highest paid anything this season which is i think rare because usually we set a yeah. new record every single year uh, with somebody's new contract. I mean, really the only person in the offseason that got paid was Dak Prescott uh, getting his yeah. uh, four-year $160 million deal with the, with the Cowboys. But other than that, you know, like the wide receiver market was nowhere near uh, where some people thought it was going to be. I mean, Allen Robinson thinks that, you know, he's going to get $20 million a season from somebody. And then free agency starts, and I think Kenny, Doll- Kenny Galladay – the Lions made the most with like maybe 13, 14 million at the most. 
you know, yep. as everybody else is getting 10 or $11 million. If the Bears had just let Robinson test the market, we could have got him back for nothing. Um, you know, or yeah. at least based on what he was asking for, like he, he wanted 20 million a season. It's like, I love Allen Robinson. I don't think he's a $20 million a year receiver. I don't. So no. I just don't no. I'm Sorry. I love the guy. I want him on my team from now until the wheels fall off. I wouldn't pay him $20 million a season. I wouldn't, I really wouldn't. So, but, um, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's an argument for next off season. Uh, when he's a free agent again, but he signed he signed that free agent tender in a pan, panic because he saw how the free agency market was was going. So he's got his 18 million as a franchise player, as opposed to maybe making 13 or 14 on the free agent uh, market. So yeah, he'd have come begging the Bears for 16 if we'd let him go to the free agency. But uh, oh yeah, anyway, you guys made a lot of interesting moves uh, in the in the in the in free agency and. Um, you know, you, you bring in Patrick Peterson from Arizona to 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 go in a corner. Sheldon Richardson, you bring him, bring him back to Minnesota, right? Yeah, he yep. uh, he spent one year with the Vikings in 2018, and then he went and signed a, a big deal with Cleveland. It was a three year deal, and yeah, he only got two years into that deal with Cleveland. They let him go because I think his cap figure for the Browns is going to be something like 12 or 13 million dollars, mm. and it sounded like they kind of let him go. Uh, with either the hope or the expectation that he was going to re-sign back with the Browns again for a smaller amount. But uh, Minnesota apparently swooped in and grabbed him back instead. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting addition. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what he can add to the the defensive line, particularly after uh, some of the other additions we made uh, at that level as well. Yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. Uh, comes in on the defensive line. Uh, Bashad Breeland, that was one that was kind of uh, in, was interesting because that was one the Bears were rumored to be interested uh, in Breeland. He signs with you guys instead. Mackenzie Alexander, a former second-round pick for the uh, Bengals, is now uh, with you guys. Uh, Ty Smith from Tennessee. Perry. So a lot of corners. I mean, I know, uh, I know that, um, you know, um, Zimmer, comes from Cincinnati where they drafted a corner in the first round like nine years in a row uh, and everything. So I know he loves his corners, but he signed one, two, three, four, five, six of them that I know of uh, in this offseason. But he parted with Mike Hughes. Uh, Chris Jones uh, is gone. Anthony Harris is off to Philadelphia. So, you know, I guess there were some, there were some bodies that needed to be replacing, but he, he signed more than he lost. Yeah, Mike Zimmer does love his cornerbacks. I, I can't think of anything that would make Zimmer happier than, you know, if he could. I believe the Vikings have 11 cornerbacks on the roster now. Uh, if he could run a defense out there that was all cornerbacks, I think he would be about <laughs> as happy as he could potentially be. But, yeah, I mean, last year the Vikings secondary was so young. I mean, they used the first-round pick on Jeff Gladney, who at this point probably isn't going to be back uh, given his uh, pending issues and whatnot. Uh, they had Cameron Dantzler back there. Uh Hughes was never able to stay healthy. I mean, he was with the Vikings for three years, uh, and uh, he started 14 games one year for the Vikings, and the other two years combined, I believe he started 10. He uh, he tore an ACL, and then he had a neck issue, and yeah, he he just wasn't able to stay on the field. And the Vikings had just a lot of youth uh, in the secondary at the cornerback spot last year, so I think that was part of the prevailing wisdom of bringing uh, Patrick Peterson and he may have lost a bit of a step sure but he's the kind of guy that can mentor uh, young guys like uh, Cameron Dantzler and help them to uh, 
to push themselves to their full potential. Uh, yeah, the Breland interesting was, or the Breland signing was an interesting one, uh, simply because he's kind of, he's pretty much starter caliber, and I think the uh, Vikings fan base was pretty much expecting uh, Peterson and Dantzler to be their starters for this year. But now there's going to be some pretty serious competition, and they brought back Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, as you said, he's primarily a slot corner guy. So, yeah, we're going to have to see how uh, Mike Zimmer wants to rotate these corners because, yeah, last year corner depth was an issue. Uh, Dantzler missed a few games with injuries here and there. And, yeah, like I said, I don't know what's going on with Jeff Gladney. I don't think he's going to be back uh, with the team given his uh, his legal troubles and stuff until we hear something different. But, yeah, the Mike Zimmer uh, going into last year said, uh, yeah, I've never had a bad defense before. Well, guess what, Haas? You uh, – you had a bad defense last year, and they, they've taken they've taken every conceivable measure to do everything they can to try to fix it. So there, there's yeah. pretty much no excuse for this Vikings defense this year. I don't think they need to bounce back. Seven, eight, nine. Because I'm looking at I listed eleven free agency signings. Ten of them are defensive players. The only yep. offensive one that I that I wrote down was Mason Cole, the corner. Or excuse me, the center from Arizona. See me having, see me yeah. having me calling it a corner, but everyone else: <laughs> Xavier Woods, uh, Perry Nickerson, Ty Smith, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Nick Vigil, Mackenzie Alexander, Rashad Breeland, Stephen Weatherly from Carolina, the edge rusher Sheldon Richardson, Patrick Peterson, all defensive players. Uh, you know that I listed in the in the free agents uh, additions, and the losses. Uh, Anthony Harris is off to Philadelphia. Kyle Rudolph, that one had to sting a little bit. A lifelong Viking like that leaving off to the Giants. Riley Reef gone to Minnesota, or excuse me, Cincinnati, excuse me. Uh, Shamar Steven going to Denver. Eric Wilson to Philadelphia. Mike Hughes, Chris Jones, we talked about them. Afidi Odombingo. Odo, Odo, mm. Odenic Bo. Odenic Bo, thank you. Yeah. I got to just sound it out. It's right there in front of me. Odenigbo. Uh, I just I just yeah. talked to Jeremy Reisman a little while ago and some of the names that yeah. he had on the Vic- on the like just their draft choices gave my tongue a seizure <laughs> trying to announce. Sorry, they, trying to They had the all they had the all name team in Detroit's draft this year. That was pretty impressive. Well, and, I can't remember and, and, all the guys, but I remember looking at the list and saying like I don't know how to pronounce any of these yeah. dudes' names. It was yeah. like uh, it was like Bob Euchre from Major League. I, I don't know who the hell any of these guys are. It was embarrassing, like, man. I mean, that's yeah. uh, I mean, that's definitely uh, you know if I'm a, if I'm uh, you know trying to put together a resume reel, uh, that's definitely a segment that I cut out uh, of the reel is me <laughs> trying to choke myself over the some of those or some of those names. Hearing Jeremy just rattle them off and be like, oh. And having him, oh, no, 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 see, it's blah, 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 uh, just over and over again. Like, okay, forget it, man. He's your guy. Yeah. You're, you got to know his name. I don't. So, you know, yeah, it, that's one of those names. And then Mike Boone, the running back, goes to goes to Denver. So uh, Kyle Rudolph, Riley Reef, Mike Hughes, those are some of the more the high tier, like household names, if you will, as far as like name recognition. Everybody else, were they role players? Were they important uh, to the to the Vikings, because no one really kind of blows my hair back except maybe Kyle Rudolph as far as your subtractions yeah. this year. Yeah, I think Rudolph was the big one. I mean, people are going to look at Riley Reef as a, a big hit, and they tried to bring him back at a lower salary, I guess, but Reef decided he didn't want to do that. Uh, but he's been replaced with the, with the Vikings' first-round picks, so that's not all bad. Um, yeah, it did kind of sting to see Kyle Rudolph go away. 
Uh, you said he was with the Vikings for 10 years. They've drafted him back in uh, 2011, so he was the longest tenured uh, member of the team before he left. Uh, that mantle now falls to Harrison Smith, who has been with the team since 2012, which is something else that blows my mind. doesn't seem like that guy's been with this team for 10 seasons, but he has been. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, seeing Rudolph go, I mean, he's lost a little bit as far as uh, the receiving side of things as the Vikings wanted to use uh, Irv Smith Jr. more frequently. But, yeah, that one stung. But other than Reef, uh, who's got a solid replacement – already i think and uh rudolph i don't think the vikings lost a whole lot really yeah. i mean we talked about hughes he couldn't stay healthy and uh mike boone was the uh the third string running back for the vikings he's going to get a chance to probably be the uh the second string guy in denver uh so good for him that's uh that's always you want to see guys try to get their opportunity and yeah other than that i don't think there were a whole lot of huge uh losses for the vikings as far as uh, as far as personnel losses this year, yeah. And then uh, looking at the looking at the draft, um, so we're moving right along here. Um, Rick Spielman, the guy, uh, he can work a trade because you had three, four, excuse me, four third four. round picks and three fourth rounders uh, this year. Yep. It's like after the uh, after the trade with the Jets, what did you get from the Jets? Because you didn't you didn't have a second round. Uh, second round pick you didn't you give that up for uh Ngakwe? yeah the Ngak the second rounder went in the Ngakwe trade right. uh, one of the third rounders was a third that we got back from the Ravens when the Vikings traded Ngakwe to them right uh so they had they had their own third round pick uh they had uh, Baltimore's third round pick and then they had uh then they made the deal with the Jets and they got two thirds okay uh, for that one it was like 66 and 86 because okay. those are the picks that turned into uh, Kellen Mond and Wyatt, Wyatt Davis. Davis. Yeah. So yeah, they they had those picks. Uh, the fourth rounders, I believe, one of them was it was ours. One of them was from the yeah. yeah. One of them was yours, and the other one was from the, the Bills. Bills from right. the uh, from the Diggs trade. So that's how we had three fourth rounders as well. So yeah, that uh, and then on draft night he only goes and makes one trade. I mean, <laughs> the entire draft weekend he only makes one trade. Like when I. When I prepare to do the draft, I do a bunch of like pre-written kind of shells for these things or whatever. Sure. And every year, every year I set myself up with like five or six stories for the Vikings making trades during the draft because that's usually what happens. And yeah, they they made one trade all of draft weekend and it came on the first night and other than that, yeah, they just made all their third round picks and all their fourth round picks and you know, their their picks toward the end of the draft and yeah, it, it was strange not seeing uh, Rick Spielman move around and trade all over the place. He didn't pick up any additional picks for next year, which is uh, strange. But yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, he he put the Vikings in a decent position for the 2021 draft, I think, and they got uh, I think they got some solid talent out of the deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's plenty of them. I mean, I think it was what two years ago you guys had like 14 or 15. Uh, overall yeah. picks in your in your draft class this year it was uh, 10 or 11 as i'm counting here so yep. um you know definitely the quantity somebody's bound to hit in a class this big so yep. but uh christian derishaw that was the pick you traded from 14 down to 23 uh with the jets because they traded up to take a guard in your spot 
So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Vera, I believe, was the the pick they took at 14. You get Christian yeah. Derrishaw from Virginia Tech, which I'm sure most Bear fans in the know know that name because he was supposed to be the guy we took at 20. If, uh, yep. you know, if the Bears had stayed put at 20, it was going to be Christian Derrishaw or, or maybe uh, maybe Tevin Jenkins, who we – we got in the second round, and I was over the moon with that. But, um, you know, Derisaw is a good player. Um, you know, he's going to plug right in. Is, is it right, left, right, right side or left side for day one for him? He, he He's going to be the left tackle, I think. I don't okay. think they want to move Brian O'Neill from right tackle, so I think he's going to slot in at left tackle right away. And, yeah, I, I think a lot of Vikings fans would have been happy with Derisaw at 14. But, mm-hmm. you know, Rick Spielman decided that uh, – you know, he read the room and figured he could uh, get Derisaw at 23 and get a couple of extra picks out of the deal, and that's what happened because, yeah, the uh, I don't know why the Jets traded up for a guard. I thought uh, the speculation that we all had when we were doing our live draft broadcast on draft night was that somebody was going to trade up with the Vikings at 14 so they could get ahead of the Patriots to get Mac Jones because everyone had – Mac Jones to the Patriots at 15. Right. And then we're sitting there watching and the thing for the trade comes up and it's the Jets and everyone's like, what the hell? They don't need a quarterback. They just drafted a quarterback at number two overall. And then they trade. Yeah. Like you said, they trade up to take a guard. That made no sense. But yeah, it was a good deal for the Vikings because, yeah, they they got the guy that, like I said, a lot of people probably would have been happy with them taking at 14 and they got him at 23 and got two extra picks out of the deal. So. That was a pretty solid move by uh, by Rick Spielman, I think. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app. Guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34 7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> you know, and now that I do look at it with, with four th- third-round picks, it's a wonder, like, there wasn't anybody in the second round that Spielman wanted. Maybe he could have packaged one or two of these third-rounders together to move back into the second round and, and, and get somebody, uh, you know, in the second round. For someone who loves to make his moves, it's surprising that he didn't make anything beyond that first rounder. And that that's what a lot of people were speculating after the first night of the draft. Everyone's like, oh, Rick Spielman's got four third rounders. Well, he's going to be busy on Friday night. He's going to put some of these picks together and move up into the second round. And 
you know, second round just rolls along and rolls along and the Vikings don't make any moves. And all of a sudden, hey, it's the start of the third round. The Vikings have the second pick in the third round. And Mm -hmm. yeah, they just just went ahead and made all their picks without (laughs) any more trades. We're like, all right. That's, so he was. Uh, that's what y'all are gonna do. Yeah, he was Whatever. all traded out at that point, I guess. He must have been. So, but we talked about Kellen Mond. He was your your second pick, the first one in the third round. Uh, Chaz Surratt, the linebacker out of North Carolina, at seventy eight in the third round. We already talked about, or we mentioned Wyatt Davis, the guard out of Ohio State. So somebody who was blocking for Justin Fields uh, will be joining the roster yep. for you guys. And then the fourth and final uh, third rounder, Patrick Jones, the second, a defensive end out of Pittsburgh. Now, usually when you're taken in the third round, it generally means you're either going to play right away or you're going to contribute in some way uh, right off the bat. We're, I mean, we talked about Mond already. How about the other three guys in the third round? Where do you see them uh, falling on the roster? Uh, Surratt is probably going to spend a lot of time on special teams right away. Uh, I think he might have been insurance because uh, the Vikings redid Anthony Barr's contract this offseason, and he's now a free agent uh, after this season gets over, uh, and Surratt apparently has a uh, has an athletic profile that projects to be something similar uh, to Anthony Barr's. So, uh, if the Vikings do decide they want to part ways with Anthony Barr, uh, Surratt might end up being his replacement. He's a little bit unique. He went to North Carolina as a quarterback, and then they said, "Well, you're not good enough at the quarterback thing. We're going to switch you over to linebacker," which is <laughs> something that just never happens. And yeah, he was two year. Two years at linebacker and was a, I believe, first team All ACC both years. He was a linebacker, so he's got a lot of room for growth, and he, he's pretty athletic as you would have to be to be a quarterback in college football today. So he's going to be an interesting one, but I, I think he's going to spend a lot of time on special teams to start with. Uh, I would be absolutely stunned if Wyatt Davis wasn't one of the starting guards week one. Uh, I mean, Ezra Cleveland has the one guard spot locked down, and other than that, the the other guard spot is wide open. Uh, and and Davis has the ability to to hopefully step in and uh, be that guy right away. That would be nice to have uh, him and Darasaw kind of growing together on the offensive line and whatnot for the next few years. And uh, Patrick Jones, I mean, the Vikings needed uh, edge guys last year. I mean, we saw. After Daniil Hunter got hurt, uh, we saw what the pass rush was for Minnesota without uh, without competent edge rushers. And, you know, the Vikings took two of them in this year's draft. They took Patrick Jones and uh, Ladarius Robinson in, uh, in round four out of Florida State. Uh, I think I just butchered his name, too. Uh, let me make sure I got that. Uh, Janarius, Gen- Robinson, Robinson. 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 Janarius Robinson. My apologies. But, yeah, uh, yeah, they, they brought both those guys in. They're both uh, athletic young guys that uh, might get an opportunity to be a part of the rotation. But, yeah, th- there's going to be a lot of interesting training camp battles for the uh, the Vikings along the uh, the defensive line and in the secondary to see who kind of slots where and that sort of thing. But, yeah, those third rounders, uh, I think the one that's probably going to make the most impact right away is going to be Davis. Right. But I think uh, all of those guys have the opportunity to be uh, long-term contributors and then in the fourth round your your fourth round pick was kenny nuangu yes nailed it running back out of yeah. iowa state so maybe he played with david montgomery maybe he didn't uh the fourth rounder from the bears was for like we traded to get the fifth round pick that became um gibson 
the def- I can't think of his first name right now, but Gibson, who apparently has been looking very good. He's an edge rusher, outside linebacker uh, for oh, us. Yeah. Um, we traded back into the fifth round to get him. So we gave up a 2021 fourth rounder for a fifth round pick, 2020. Yep. And Cameron Bynum was the pick, a corner out of California. is another one of those corners. Can't go without it. And yep. then you said Janarius <laughs> Robinson, defensive end out of Florida State, was part of the Stephon Diggs trade. Then in the fifth rounder, yes. Emir Smith-Marset, wide receiver out of Iowa. Did I get that first name right, Emir? You did. Nice. Yeah. Want to roll here, man. <laughs> Zach Davidson. Today. Zach Davidson, tight end out of Central Missouri in the fifth rounder. And then you wrap things up in the sixth round, Jalen Twyman, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. So two Pittsburgh defensive linemen uh, joining the team, one in the third, one in the seventh. So uh, let's talk about those guys from the fourth and the fifth round, fourth, fifth, sixth there. I mean, these are all role player kind of guys, special teams, fillers. What are we looking at here? I think so for the most part. There's one that there, there's a couple of guys that I think are going to have uh, the ability to contribute a little earlier. Uh, Nwangu. Uh, had uh, he didn't really get used a lot at Iowa State because uh, Iowa State has uh, a guy named Brees Hall who was a uh, you know 2012 or 2020 Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, and when you have a guy like that, you're not going to get a whole lot of touches a lot of the time. But uh, apparently, he's really uh, good in the return game on special teams, and that's something that the uh, the Vikings were lacking in. So he's got an opportunity to uh, contribute there right away. Uh, one of the guys I'm actually pretty excited about is uh, Smith Marset, uh, largely because I, I, aside from watching you know highlight reels, which are designed to make everybody look just awesome, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Brett Coleman, who used to run the uh, oh yeah the Houston Texans site over on SB yeah. Nation, uh, as soon as the as soon as the Vikings made that pick, he tweeted something out along the lines of. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset is going to be the Vikings wide receiver three and be seeing significant snaps by October. And so when a guy like Brett says something like that about a guy, that uh, that makes you stand up and take notice. So that's uh, I'm interested in seeing what he can do because the third wide receiver spot for the Vikings is wide open. Uh, I don't know anything about Zach Davidson, really. I just know that he was listed as tight end slash punter, which is another oh, weird kind of nice. uh, kind of thing. I, yeah, keep him as the emergency punter. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be sweet. Run some fake punts with the with that guy, and uh, yeah, Jalen Twyman's going to be an interesting one too because he had a really good year in 2019, but he was one of the guys who opted out of uh, 2020 because mm-hmm. of the uh, COVID concerns. Sure, and then uh, then wound up going in the draft. And you know, there I had a couple of the pre-draft magazines. Uh, I can't remember which ones they were, but uh, to show kind of the disparity. Uh, between you know, kind of the scouting reports and the enthusiasm for him, uh, one of those two pre-draft magazines had him as the number three uh, defensive tackle available in the draft, and the other one uh, profiles uh, went twenty-five guys deep, and he wasn't even listed. So wow. <laughs> there's a there's a pretty there's a pretty wide variance of opinion on uh, on Jalen Twyman. So I gotta, I mean, with with the issues the Vikings had on the defensive line last year, just about anybody that comes in and you know, shows uh, shows some spark is going to have an opportunity. So, yeah, we're going to have to see what uh, what that guy can bring to the table. But, yeah, there there are some guys that have the ability to be contributors. It's just a matter of how fast and what kind of role they're going to contribute in. Well, it wasn't uh, Stefan Diggs a fourth or a fifth round pick, so you never know. 
Yeah, he was a fifth rounder fifth in rounder. Uh, 2015. Yep. So, uh, you know, Smith-Marset being a fifth rounder as well, maybe that's a history repeating itself, you know, kind of I, thing. I could handle that. Because, uh, you know, I know Brett Coleman. I've had him on the show uh, a few times originally as my Houston Texans guy. And then uh, mm-hmm. I also had him on because of his YouTube channel, The Film Room, uh, because yeah. he did a couple of really Which interesting videos uh, on the Bears. I, I love watching those videos. They're really, really good. Yeah. So, but he did one on uh, after the 2019 season on, on or excuse me, after the 2018 season after uh, about Trubisky, about how he shows flashes. He's you know the the thing like the throw he made at the end of the Philadelphia game to set up the Cody Parkey double doink attempt uh, <laughs> was probably one of the best throws he's ever made in his career. Look how he read the field, put it where only Robinson could get it. Blah blah blah. But then, you know, look at this throw that he made earlier in the game. If he makes that throw there, the game probably turns out different, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's it's brilliant. And he knows football chapter and verse. Like some of the things that I watch him talk about in the, the videos, I'm learning from him about some of the things that yeah. he's, he's talking about. It's brilliant, brilliant stuff. So, yeah, The Film Room, Brett Coleman on YouTube. Check that out. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've had him on the show, and he is a, definitely a big draft guy uh, as well. Yeah, so yeah. he's definitely goes out there and, and – uh, you know, if he if he makes a comment like that, you know he's done his homework uh, to to get yep. to that point. So, yeah, Absolutely. hearing um, and he's he's also like low key a Bears fan as well. So I mean, you always hear him <laughs> talking about Jalen uh, Jalen Johnson, you know, and things like that. I can't wait for him to see what happens here. Like the Bears drafting Justin Fields is like the worst nightmare for the NFC North and things like that. So it's like it's always fun trying to follow his Twitter feed to see what kind of gem he's going to toss my way about the Bears this time. So. But um, anybody in the undrafted free agent class you guys are excited about? Did you did you get prolific with it because you had eleven draft choices? I mean, I don't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that really stands out as far as uh, undrafted free agents are concerned. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to look down the uh, the list of uh, some of the guys that the uh, the Vikings got in undrafted free agency. Uh, as far as uh, all-time great names there's a uh, wop filler the, uh, the <laughs> wide receiver out of uh indiana uh two weird things uh, his first name is apparently actually mister his parents named him mister wow and uh but he he's garnered the nickname wop uh because of his love for uh burger king and the uh, specific sandwich Whopper? that uh okay that they serve yes for the whopper sure and uh yep the other most interesting one uh is uh every uh. year uh, Sports Illustrated does a preview of the guy they call uh, Prospect X, okay. uh, where they kind of hype somebody up or whatever. And uh, the Vikings wound up signing uh, Prospect X in uh, undrafted free agency this year. It was uh, Idaho linebacker uh, Christian Ellis, uh, who was the son of a uh, former longtime Lions defensive uh, lineman Luther Ellis. Okay. So... Yeah, he's uh, he's relatively interesting. I think I don't know if uh, interesting is going to be enough to uh, to get him on the roster or anything, but uh, yeah, there's there's at least an interesting story there for uh, for Christian Ellis and uh, whatnot. So let's try to look at uh, some of the other ones. I can't. There's no run. There's no one else that really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think as far as uh, undrafted free agents are concerned. But yeah, there's a there's a couple of interesting ones at least. Well, maybe it's because I'm a Bears fan and I have a general manager who has a knack for finding at least one diamond in the rough with our undrafted free agent class. That's why I'm always interested to see, you know, if anybody's 
if you landed a prospect in the undrafted free agent market that probably should have been drafted, you know, you always hear about these guys. This guy had like a third round grade and he went undrafted, was signed by such and such yeah. and, you know, and things like that. You hear it happen every single year that, uh, you know, yep. somebody was supposed to go in day two, didn't get drafted at all and, you know, got signed for peanuts onto somebody's practice squad to be on the 90 man roster for training camp. And, uh, you know, just uh, the Bears have, have had several players over the years, uh, some early success and some recent success with um, with undrafted talent like Alex Bars and uh, Sam Mustafer uh, in 2019, uh, Bryce Callahan in 2015, uh, Roy Robertson Harris. You know, these are guys that ended up being stud players for us, went undrafted. You know, we, we brought them in and they, you know, turned out to be something uh, for us. So that's yep. why I guess I'm always yep. curious yep. to find what other teams, you know, land in their free age, undrafted free agent market. Yeah, the, the Vikings have had that as well. Obviously, Adam Thielen is the uh, the big oh, example. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that for the Vikings, uh, they're Anthony Harris, who had a, a pretty solid career. He was one of those guys, uh, like you were talking about, yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, going in the draft, yeah, Anthony Harris had a second-round grade on him, and then nobody drafts him, and he winds up uh, signing with the Vikings in free agency and working his way up from uh, – from undrafted free agency to the practice squad and actually being a solid starter for a while. Uh, one other interesting name that I, that I glossed over while I was uh, running down the roster here is a uh, yeah, East Carolina wide receiver, uh, Blake Prohl, uh, son of uh, former longtime NFL wide receiver, Ricky, Ricky Prohl, Prohl sure. who, uh, who I think played in the NFL for like, God, 15, 16 years or however long it was. For about 15 or 16 teams as well because he he played for Chicago for a year and, you know, it's like we we had Ricky Prohl on the team for at least one season. Yeah. I'm to the point where, you know, we're there on draft night and watching them as ever like, yeah, I'm I'm watching. I've been a fan long enough where I'm watching – uh, the kids of guys that I used to watch. <laughs> I was just about NFL to say that. Yeah. Drafted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Sertan the uh, second. Oh shit! His dad was was that guy. <laughs> I thought yeah. Patrick Sertan was still playing. How is his kid getting drafted? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm waiting for uh, I'm waiting for the time where uh, where Frank Gore and his son are the first ever uh, father son teammates in <laughs> NFL history because I I think uh, I think. Frank Gore's son might be a senior in college wow. this year. So if Frank Gore can hold on for another year or two, he can. He can. I, he would have to be the first NFL player to be on the the same roster as his kid. I mean, yeah. he'd have to be. But I mean, it's I like I can't think of anybody else. Would be yeah. Close. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> only 43, but it's just you know nothing makes me feel older than something like that. Like I remember yeah. watching Patrick Sertan and now his kid is getting drafted yeah. or even for, for the bears, Terrence Metcalf was a player for us. His son, DK Metcalf, the wide receiver yeah. for the, for the Seahawks, you know? Yep. And what's, what's funny about it is DK is about as big as his dad was, but he's a receiver. His dad was a guard. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I guess it just matters yeah. what kind of pounds you're, you're carrying as opposed to, you know, how many uh, there are. Cause he is an absolute beast. Uh, of a wide receiver so but um yeah I mean that's what kind of makes me feel old is not only that you know I think this was the first year of of draftees that were born in 2000 uh you know had no more 1999s or anything like that these kids were all born in the 21st century now 
that kind of makes you feel old. But uh, yeah, it uh, it it adds up after a while. It's like Father Time is undefeated. So, yeah, but um, but you you mentioned before uh, about your um, who was it that was a quarterback? Patrick Jones. Oh no, Chaz Surratt. Chaz Surratt. Um, when I was in high school, my, my quarterback, his name was Marcus White. He was a, a national recruit. He was an awesome football player. Went to Wisconsin. Uh, didn't work out for him in Wisconsin. He transferred to Illinois State, somewhere closer to home. Finished his career as a defensive end for Illinois State. Damn. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, wow. Marcus was 6'5", so okay. Get him in the weight room. It's not that big of a transition, but it's as far as like position change, that's night and day. Right there, you yeah. go from quarterback to defensive end in your college career, and you know, like Surratt, linebacker from quarterback to linebacker, you know, that's yep. opposite ends of the spectrum. So maybe he's the quarterback of the defense uh, instead of the quarterback of the offense, but it's still complete different end of the spectrum as to what you were recruited for and what you ended up doing. Yeah, and then to uh, to take that, you know, as a very limited uh, time and whatever to learn the position, and yeah, you know, like uh, yeah, Surratt. Two years at linebacker, two years uh, first team All ACC. So I mean, the the guy's still learning the position, pretty much after two of only two years of playing it. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops, uh, you know, under the uh, the eye of someone like Mike Zimmer and and his staff. So let's go ahead and take a look at the schedule as we start to wrap things up here with you, Chris. And uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but. Uh... The Bears finished the season in Minnesota against the Vikings. I mean, it's, does that sound familiar to you? So. I mean, the, the, only, the only thing that could have screwed up Bears-Vikings in the final week of the regular season was COVID. I right. mean, I don't know if that has a... But, you know, as we've mentioned before, this uh, every year since U.S. Bank Stadium opened, uh, the Vikings' final regular season home game has been against Chicago. Yeah. Because last year, they played each other in Week 15... But then the Vikings' last two games were on the road. So the last game that the Vikings played at U.S. Bank Stadium in the regular season, just like it was in 2016 and 2017 and 2018 and 2019, right. and will be in 2021, is, yeah, at home against Chicago. Right. And, you know, when, when we talk about the schedule, every year I post on DN, I'm going to say one of these years, uh, Week 17 is going to be Minnesota at Chicago. And... <laughs> It's going gonna, it's gonna to be at Soldier Field in the middle of January, and yeah. everyone's going to be miserable, right. and everyone's going to hate it, and it's going to suck, and you know, it, it never happens. I don't know why it doesn't happen. I, yeah. I know it's got to happen. The law of averages says it's got to happen eventually, but I, I, keep, I, don't know, I man. keep predicting it, and it keeps never happening. This is, what, six, six out of seven years um, for the final game of the season, and like you just said, six or seven years in a row that the Bears are the last yeah. home game uh, for the for the Vikings. It's not like there's a whole lot of imagination running through the NFL scheduling uh, office. Uh, they keep landing on the same thing year in and year out and just cranking the schedule out as opposed to like, hey, you know what? Maybe let's send Detroit to Chicago week 17 and see how that goes as opposed to sending Chicago yeah. to Minnesota year in and year out. Every year. Every yep. single year. Because yeah. it's, it's just boring. You know, it is it yeah. is boring. So, I mean, it would be great if we get to week 18 and it's Bears-Vikings for first place in the NFC North or for a playoff spot. That's fantastic. Then it worked out. But 
Unfortunately, yeah. the last handful of years, 20, you know, the end of the schedule has meant nothing for at least one of the teams uh, in the game, yeah. sometimes for both of us. And, you know, it's, it's just boring that it's, it's us again when it could have been something else, maybe mix it up a little bit, but the NFL pretty much refuses to do it. Yeah, pretty much. I, like I said, I don't get it because, you know, of all, of all the possible combinations, I mean, the Vikings have hosted Chicago, they've hosted Detroit, they've hosted Green Bay, uh, they played at Green Bay, they played at Detroit, but they, they've they never played Week 17 or now Week 18 at Chicago. So, like, like I say, it, it's going to happen eventually. I don't know when, I don't know how, but, I mean, it'll I, be I a happy day for us both, Chris. Just just the variety, I think, will be a, a happy day for us both uh, when yeah, the next schedule uh, comes I, I out. So. Yeah. All right, so let's head up back on up to the top because, of course, we had to talk about that just because it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah. we start back to you finished on the road back to back games. Now you start on the road back to back games. Uh, it's an interesting first six weeks because you got a week seven bye. So you're, you're at Cincinnati, yep. at Arizona to start, and then three home games uh, yeah, Seattle, Cleveland, and Detroit before going back out to Carolina before a week seven bye. I mean, it's. It's not a, the most daunting schedule uh, in the world. I mean, it's it's pretty much laid out. You guys have a pretty good shot to get some get some steam headed into that bye week. We should be able to. I mean, you would think you would you would like to think that Cincinnati would be you know a team that they could beat to get things going. Uh, Arizona is going to be interesting just because yeah. that offense is uh, is so tough. I mean, they've got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they brought in AJ Green. You know, for like the three or four games a year, he's healthy enough to participate right. in, I guess. Um, I mean, they, their offense puts up a lot of points. They do have their issues on defense, but that's probably a winnable game. Uh, the Vikings have to go to Seattle every year. I can't remember. I mean, the the Seahawks came, I think the last time the Seahawks played in Minnesota uh, was in 2015, both the, uh, the playoff game and they played in the regular season before that. And other than that, it's been like, five or six times in a row the Vikings have had to go out to Seattle so that's going to be different uh Cleveland is uh is going to be a chic pick to uh, represent the AFC right. in the Super Bowl this year so that should be interesting uh Detroit I mean you don't want to dismiss division games but the Vikings have kind of had Detroit's number over the years but uh yeah I mean and, and I, I don't think Carolina is going to be anything to write home about this year to be honest I know they brought in Sam Darnold but Sam Darnold doesn't do anything for me. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they should be able to get a decent start to the season before the bye. And, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully they won't be 1-5 going into the bye like they were last year because if they are, uh, heads are probably going to roll and it's going uh, to get ugly. Yeah, but, I mean, just looking at it, I mean, I think that, you know, 4-2 and two is not out of the question. And maybe you steal one of those games between uh, Seattle and, and Cleveland. You know, it's like I think anything – Anything worse than three and three is probably something to be concerned about. Definitely, definitely. I think they can. I think they can definitely go at least four and two in those first six games. And yeah, yeah they uh, they should be able to do that. I mean, even if that, uh, even with that three game homestand, they should be able to get. Uh, they should be able to get to four and two after the first six weeks. I would think. Sure, because it's a tough draw that we as a division got this year with the NFC yeah. West and the AFC North. Because the 49ers are supposedly going to be back, you know, at least they got everybody back healthy. A team absolutely ravaged by injuries uh, last year. Arizona was on the cusp of a playoff berth. They kind of petered out at the end of the season last year. The Rams yep. look to be 
Right now, honestly, I'm like the Rams are my favorite in the NFC with Stafford and that defense. Stafford's finally got a running game, the weapons on offense. Yep. The Rams are going to be a tough out this year, that's for sure. And then, of course, Seattle, the defending champion, Russell Wilson, things like that. And, you know, we'll see what they can do. That's, that's a tough, tough four games right there. And then the AFC North, unlike most years, this was a team that sent three teams to the playoffs last year. You know, Cleveland, yeah. Baltimore, and, and Pittsburgh. You know, and then you got this young up-and-comer in, in Joe Burrow coming back on off the ACL injury and things like that. So, you know, out of the eight teams, it's like six of them are not going to be easy at all. You know, so it's going to be a tough road for the division as a whole to get through these two uh, out-of-conference uh, divisions this year. Oh, definitely. I agree. I mean, the, I, I can't imagine a pair of uh, divisions that would be any tougher. I mean, you could maybe... I mean, we are going to see the AFC West, or at least part of the AFC West, because of the, right. uh, the advent of the 17th game for this year. But yeah, the AFC North and the uh, NFC West is just about as tough as you can get uh, as far as an out-of-division schedule for a uh, for an NFC North team. Right. So after the Week 7 bye, Halloween night on Sunday Night Football, your first national TV game of the year, going uh, home for the Cowboys, then... At Baltimore, and then there's your AFC West team at Los Angeles, the Chargers. Home for yep. the Packers uh, at 49ers and at Detroit. Uh, that's uh, all the way through Thanksgiving, essentially. Um, so, yep. I mean, in that stretch there, you got the Cowboys uh, at home, Sunday Night Football. That should be interesting. You're at the Ravens, at the Chargers, home for the Packers at the 49ers. So, um, you know, that's where the road gets a little bit tougher. But also some winnable games in there because the Chargers were a good football team, but for whatever reason, you know, maybe um, their new coach Staley, Stanley. Um, I think I believe that's him. Yeah, yeah, he I, he was one of ours, and I can't remember Brandon Staley is his name. That's it. Um, yeah, that's him. Yep. You know, maybe he'll be the the team. Maybe he'll be the one that can help the Chargers get over the hump because they they played relatively well for a team that lost like eleven games. Uh, last year, or finished yeah. six and ten, uh, or whatever. Justin Herbert was an absolute revelation uh, for them, but you know it's it's on the road, so maybe that will help them. But it's just you know that's a very winnable game. The Cowboys, until I see different, that's a winnable game for you guys uh, as well. Uh, Green Bay, you guys traded road wins last year. You know, they yep. came and kicked your tails week one, but you did the same to them in Lambeau a few weeks later. It was the Dalvin Cook show uh, against them. So that's a 50-50 toss right there. And then the big question is, who are the 49ers going to be, especially week number 12? Who will the Vikings, or excuse me, who will the 49ers be at that point in the season? Will they be 2019 reborn, or will, be, will they be the 2020 team that just couldn't get a break uh, at that point uh, in the season? So again... Team-wise, it's not the prettiest schedule, but there's a lot of winnable games, even in that patch for you, the way the schedule is falling. No, that, that Week 9 to Week 12 stretch that you talked about, uh, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Green Bay, and San Francisco, that's going to be that's probably the toughest stretch of games on the Vikings schedule. Mm -hmm. But like you said, we don't know who some of these teams are going to be. I mean, you don't know if, uh, if Trey Lance is going to be starting for San Francisco right. by the time these two teams play. Uh, they might still... Uh, might still have handsome Jimmy uh, back there, quarterback. I don't know uh, what that situation is going to look like there. Uh, the Chargers, it was so weird because uh, I actually went to the game in 2019 that uh, the Vikings uh, went to Los Angeles to play the Chargers, and they were still playing in the uh, the soccer stadium, 
which uh, the name of it uh, eludes me. At it the doesn't moment, matter. It, it, no, it's, it seats like one third of the people that are like 30,000 people. Would. Yeah, 30,000. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and at that game, I'm not even exaggerating. It was like 80 percent of the crowd is wearing purple jerseys. It was like a Vikings <laughs> home game it's, in that stadium. Yeah. Now, they're, now they're playing at their big, fancy SoFi stadium. I right. don't think that's going to be the case uh, this time around. But uh, yeah, Baltimore is going to be a tough out. Lamar Jackson is always going to give people issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's going to be a tough stretch. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can build some momentum going into the bye so that uh, and yeah, get a get a victory over Dallas on Sunday Night Football uh, on Halloween because Lord knows nothing weird is going to happen uh, there. Of course not. As a result, but yeah, and then uh, yeah, if they can get some momentum, hopefully they can uh, steal a few wins there and kind of kind of solidify their place hopefully yeah, and then the last uh last stretch of the of the year you have four divisional games pretty much to wrap up the season uh week 13 you're at detroit uh then the quick turnaround at home for the steelers on thursday night football that should be interesting that late in the season it's one of the last thursday night games if i'm not mis- if i'm not mistaken then uh back-to-back so. national tv games because you're thursday night at the steelers <clears throat> home for the steelers then at chicago Week 15, our very first matchup, whereas last year it was our last matchup, for those of us who like to see yep. patterns in things. Uh, Monday Night Football at Chicago again. So something about the Bears and Vikings on Monday Night Football is becoming a thing. And then home for the Rams at Green Bay, Sunday Night Football, and then home for the Bears to wrap up the season. So we don't see you guys until week 15 uh, this season. So after we get done talking here, Chris... Uh, it's going to be five and a half months before we get to talk to you again because, uh, you know, yep. we, we won't play again until, uh, you know, December 20th. So it'll be yeah, a stretch before Christmas, we see you again. Christmas week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Monday night in Chicago. What's the what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. In Seriously. December. But, you uh, know. Yeah. 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 In December. Uh, so should be a yeah. good time. But uh, I think that's part of the I think that's part of the balance for you guys having to come to uh, to Minnesota week 17 or week 18 every year. You get a. Monday night game against us at home because we play like crap on Monday night on the road most times. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it kind of balances itself out in a way. Yeah, we were we were thrilled to be the team that broke uh, Kirk Cousins' Monday night losing streak. Uh, that was a good time for us. So uh, we're we're glad that uh, that Kirk doesn't have to answer those questions anymore because of us. That was uh, yeah. that was a good times. And that was Halloween yeah, night actually, that. wasn't? So yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I believe yeah, it was Halloween was. actually that it happened. Yeah, but um, you know, it's uh, again, it's it's you're at Detroit, so you get to finish up with the Lions. That Steelers game on Thursday night. Thursday nighters are always interesting, just because the quick turnaround. You never really know how much the previous game, only three days before, is going to affect you know the teams and and things like that. Especially for the road team, which in this case is going to be the Steelers. They have to travel to you on short notice. Uh, to, to head out for that Thursday night game. You know, it, it's it's real interesting because with the Aaron Rodgers drama and the way that it's playing out in Green Bay, I know as NFC North brethren, we hope he doesn't play this year just oh, because yeah. if that doesn't happen, it's anybody's division after that. I mean, even yep. Green Bay's, but it's just, it's open to anyone. But if, if he plays yeah. this year, then obviously they're the favorites to repeat and, and all that kind of stuff. They're going to hit the ground running, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it's like part of me, I hope he plays because it just wouldn't be the same if we won the division and Rodgers wasn't there. 
You know, it's yeah. like I think it would be it would obviously be a much bigger accomplishment if you win the division or if we win the division when Aaron Rodgers was on the team as opposed to the one year Rodgers held out. That was the year that Minnesota or Chicago finally claimed uh, or reclaimed uh, the division uh, and such. So, you know, it's a it's a bittersweet thing. If he doesn't play, awesome, because that that alone could boost the other three teams in the division to probably play better than they would have in any other oh, yeah. circumstance. Without Rodgers, it's a division that can be had now. It is definitely yeah. uh, theirs for ours for the taking uh, now, but uh, I think it would be better if he was and we kicked his ass anyway. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we, we all hate Aaron Rodgers because he's just been so solid against us for the last, uh, you know, 15 years or however long like it's that, been. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, just forever, basically. But, yeah, it, it would kind of not have the same oomph if he uh if he did sit out or whatever but uh yeah on on the other hand yeah if the god forbid the packers should have to actually deal with a bad quarterback play <laughs> potentially for a while because you know it sucks to have to run a, a hall of fame quarterback out there every season for like three decades yeah. how how terrible because you, this Jesus. would be like year 29 i think because far far yeah. started in 1992 and here we are, yeah. it's 2021. So it's 29 calendar years, but this would be like number 28 or 29. Uh, it's like season number 29 of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, lit- literally Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, trudging out yeah. onto the field uh, for you. So, yeah, I would appreciate it if uh, Jordan Love, God bless the kid, um, you know, I don't have any ill will towards him, but just let him be average. You know, just let him be average, yeah. not lights out Hall of Fame contender right out the gate so we can kick their dick in for a change as opposed to them always finding a way to do brilliant things against us. That would be a nice change. But, yeah, I mean, I think we all know deep down he's going to he's going to play. I well, mean, we'll see. Be, yeah. We'll see. Well, so. yeah, we can see how it goes. I mean, I know. I know we were all kind of excited on draft night when everyone's like, hey, the Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Yeah. Then, like, nothing happened. Right. Nothing's happened since then. So, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know what's going on with Green Bay, but, you know, it's their issue, not ours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, uh, the the opt out date passed this past Friday on the 2nd, and um, he didn't choose to opt out. So that's still leaving the door open. Uh, for him to come back, yep. and I think when I, when I talked to Evan Western uh, the other day, I actually talked to him on the first, the day before the opt out, and he was more concerned with July twenty seventh, which is the day that they report, than he was with July second, the opt out date. So yeah, that that now becomes the date everybody's watching. July twenty seventh, does he report for camp, or is he actually going to hold out and let let Green Bay find him and you know all that kind of stuff for for holding out and see how that all. Uh, See how that all goes. Will the will the will Green Bay just give up and manufacture a trade during training camp that sends him someplace, or you know, will they will they will they play chicken with him? Will they see if it actually will hold out and and all that kind of stuff? It's the the drama that we have ahead of us at the end of the month when training camp begins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all we can do is watch and see what they do and kind of monitor the drama as best we can and. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, maybe he'll go host Jeopardy or something. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, <laughs> he did pretty it, well with that. Be interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually watch any of it. Uh, no. but I, I heard he did a really solid job with it. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how how it all works out. But 
I, like I said, I think we all know deep down he's probably going to play just because he's going to, you know, torment us for the rest of, you know, forever, basically. <laughs> yeah, no signs of slowing down. The rat no. bastard, 38 years old, and he's still slinging it around like he's 22. So, yep, yeah, seems to be getting better. Was the MVP of the league, literally the best player in football last year. So we have that to look forward to if he decides to yep. come back at the last second. So, but uh, here's uh, hoping the football gods just give us all a break for once. <laughs> let him uh, take his nice. ball and go home for a while, and then let the let it be the Packers' problem. Let the quarterback position be Green Bay's issue in 2021, please. Just one time. Just one time. It's been Absolutely. 30 goddamn years, for Christ's sake. Help me out here. Yep. You know? <laughs> I was in friggin' totally middle agree. school when, when Brett Favre <laughs> took over as the quarterback for the, for the Packers, and here I am in my 40s now. We could use a break. So, yeah. yeah. They've had enough luck in Green Bay. <laughs> had enough. Yep. So, but... Totally uh, yeah. So, Chris, uh, as always, man, it was great having you back. Um, sad that it won't be until December before we talk to you uh, again. But uh, the football gods also saw it that we'll be talking to each other twice inside of four weeks uh, at the end of the season, including the regular season finale for the umpteenth year uh, in a row. So when we see each other, we'll see a lot of each other at the end of the season. But uh, it will be uh, parting will be sweet sorrow between now and then. Yeah, we definitely uh, we definitely will. We uh, we'll get to speak for the uh, first ever Week 18 game in Absolutely. Uh, in Vikings Bears history, which should be uh, interesting. The uh, the season will actually end in the middle of January this year, which uh, I think we're all kind of looking forward to that. But uh, I mean, because more football is always absolutely better, I yeah. think. But yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll be here waiting for uh, for when the Bears and the Vikings get together again. All right, uh, where can we keep up with you in the meantime, Chris? Uh, we are at uh, www.dailynorseman.com. Uh, on the uh, Twitter machine, we are uh, at Daily Norseman, all one word. And, yeah, that's uh, that's the best way to uh, to make that work. All right, Chris, we'll uh, stay uh, stay healthy out there, and uh, we look forward to having you back in, uh, in December. So uh, I think uh, all of our questions as to how the season will turn out or – Will Justin Fields be the quarterback in week 15? And all that kind of stuff will be answered by the time we see each other again. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a while. So, uh, you know, take care of yourself. I will do that, Larry. You do the same. Have a, uh, have a pleasant rest of your, uh, rest of your day. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep tabs on everything and make sure that, uh, yeah, like you said, by the time these two teams get together, most of our questions will probably be answered. But, it's going to be interesting nonetheless because the NFL is always uh, just about as interesting as it can be. Absolutely. So thanks, Chris. And uh, so Chris Gates on the Daily Norseman, SB Nation. Find him on, as he calls, the Twitter machine. I love it. Uh, we'll <laughs> see you soon, Chris. All right, Larry. Have a good one. As always, I want to thank my guest, Chris Gates, uh, for being on the show, helping us preview the 2021 Minnesota Vikings. And uh, I hope you guys aren't too attached to Chris, because as we talked about there for a few minutes at the end, was uh, it's going to be a while before we talk to him again. It'd be almost six months before we get to talk to him again, because we don't play the Vikings for the first time until December 20th, I think, was, was the date I said. 
Um, it's week 15. So whatever, whatever date that turns out to be, I think it is like December 20th or the 19th. Cause I think it's a Monday night game again. Yeah. It's a Monday night game. So the December 20th is a Monday. That's the next time that we play the, or the first time we play the Vikings in 2021 week number 15. And then we play them again, four weeks later in 2018 or excuse me, week number 18 uh, to wrap up the season. Surprise, surprise. So, but a lot of interesting stuff, man. It's, it's, um, it's a division that will be up for grabs if Aaron Rodgers sticks to his guns and doesn't play uh, for the Packers, whether it's not playing in Green Bay or not playing at all uh, so as to avoid playing for the uh, uh, Packers. Uh, you know, like you've heard me mention that, you know, it would kind of be it would be a bittersweet thing to 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 be the champion of the NFC North in 2021, knowing that, you know, we didn't get the best from green bay they didn't get a chance to defend their crown like they would have under normal circumstances but at the same time i think that you'll see the other three teams in the division kind of step up their game because the with 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 rogers not in the picture that does open it up that does you know it, it does become anyone's division to, to, to go and get without rogers and company without rogers there that takes the Packers down a couple of pegs. And uh, I'd be very interested to see what kind of effect that would have, especially for a team like uh, for, for a team like Minnesota that's, you know, been, been having up and down uh, success and having success in spurts like they did last year, you know, one in five start, four, four wins in five games and, you know, kind of crush, crash at the end there uh, last season. And, and also for the, for the Lions, new GM, new head coach, a lot of new players, on the team, guys that weren't there last year when they suffered through 4-11-1 or whatever the hell their record was uh, last year uh, and everything, uh, especially a guy like Goff who comes from a winning organization uh, with the Rams. He was with us, you know, he was at, you know, he'd gone to a Super Bowl and made the playoffs and, and a couple of times and, uh, and whatnot. You know, maybe these guys don't, these guys don't know what it's like to be a, you know, lifelong uh, lion here they're coming in here trying to change the culture and not having Aaron Rodgers could be just the boost that they need to actually really show up this season and same thing uh, with the Bears not having Aaron Rodgers there to uh, do what Aaron Rodgers does to us on a on a yearly basis or a, you know twice a season uh, anyway could be just the motiv- motivating factor that we need to get our shit together and, and really you know kind of put forward our best foot uh, this season so it will definitely be interesting. We'll talk to Evan about that on Monday uh, when we wrap up the NFC North. And then next Thursday, of course, we'll wrap up the opponent preview series by talking about our beloved Chicago Bears. And my good friend Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears will be here to help us break it all down. So anyway, guys, that is going to do it. We will see you back here on Monday for the Green Bay Packers, our uh, most hated rival. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears talk underground. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.